This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. From the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada, here's your host, Matt Robinson. Ah, uh, nuts. I mean, um, ah, uh, nuts. And Michaela Schreider. Woohoo! Beer, 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 beer. How's it going, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new edition of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. I am your host. I'm your host of the show today. I'm not the host of the locale. We are coming to you from Shea Shrides, so I suppose technically she's the host. What's happening, Shrides? You are now in the bar that I have talked up for so long. We finally arranged a visit, and we have an on-location podcast in the best bar in Almont, dare I I say. Yeah, well, I I don't know how many bars are here in Almont, but... Not many. I would tend to probably agree with you without having seen most of them. And this one's living up to the hype so far, sitting here at your very nice bar. Um, yeah, I, I, I got to say the one thing that hasn't happened yet, I'm looking forward to meeting to the meeting your pups, but yes. they've been sequestered until they, after the podcast not, part. They're not great podcast guests. No. They're very loud. Uh, the audio is not good and they have zero sense of personal space. So we should probably <laughs> leave them until after. Um, well, I appreciate you having me out. I know you're very excited for what we're doing after the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here to watch the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You got, uh, you got any picks, any predictions, any? Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. Bailey. Mainly because she's the only wrestler I know. Yeah. I like That's her. Not... Always have no- liked her. Yeah. Despite her being, like, I feel like she's in a different character every time I see her. It's true. So anytime anybody asks me who's going to win, I say Bailey. Okay. We like that. Yeah. That's consistent. If right. nothing else. Yeah. Right. Uh, beers. We got beers here at your wonderful bar that you have uh, you have hooked us up with. What are you going with? I'm going with a ye old faithful. If anybody has listened to me on the podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about Bravado um, from Tooth and Nail. Uh, they only make it during certain times of year. And the last time we went to Tooth and Nail together, which was a few months ago in the yeah. fall, they were making it and I stocked up. And when I say I stocked up, I mean, I basically bought the place out. <laughs> Um, so I have a few left in my fridge and that's what I'm going with today. Okay. And, uh, you've been good enough to hook me up here with, uh, something from Stalwart. This is the Zigzagger and, uh, it is an IPA. I don't think I've had this before. The name sounds oddly familiar, but the one I seem to recall having, I'm almost positive was a red. So. That sounds right. I know they have a red ale. I should know. Yeah, but it could be from a different brewery that also called there's the zigzag red or something. So I'm, it's kind of setting off those bells that are like sort of hazy off in the memory. And I can't remember exactly. Hazy you know. IPA, if you will. Hey, I like that. Okay. Hey-o. And on first sip, it's pretty nice. And I know you already think yours is. That's why you stocked up so thoroughly. Yeah, I love it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite beers of all time. Uh, it's a nice pale ale. I, I love everything too. I think, I've, again, I've said this on the podcast yeah. before. I'm a broken record, but I love everything Tooth and Nail does. Um, so yeah, and, and, and it is a novelty. They come in a small can. Yes. Small can audio today, Matt. Yeah. Maybe for you. Yeah. Uh, I got to get myself ready for the rumble here. Shrives. I got to get myself fortified. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be exciting. Can't be going with a small can. And that's fair. As Rob often says when we have, uh, cause it's often like it's your high powered stouts that often come in the, the little cans, right? Your 10 percent, yeah. your 11 percent. And which thank God. And well, but he's, uh, he's often frustrated by it. And I believe his phrase is, you know what? I'll be my own liquor control board. You give me the whole can. I'll decide how much of it I need. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. Yeah. I think I'm so. I'm an too. adult. I can make decisions That's right. myself. At least until I've had a couple of these. In, the- in that case. No. <laughs> yeah. Someone else should take over piloting this, but, uh, yeah. So 
Uh, like I said, appreciate you having me out here. And I wanted to get your take on something um, right off the hop. Because last week we saw the Ottawa Senators' mom's trip. You know I'm not a big Sens guy. Really? Right. So I don't want it to come off as I'm being overly critical when I frame this question. So you'll tell me if I'm being unfair. But okay. Do all the Ottawa Senators hate their mothers? Is that a thing that happens within the organization? Because most teams, tribes, take their moms to Florida or California or Vegas, maybe. Nashville would probably be fun for a group of moms. The, the, the Sens took theirs to Philadelphia and Montreal in January. And um, that, that seems like a, a pretty big middle finger to me. It, that's a really good question, and I, I hadn't really thought about it that way. But I have to imagine, and I know I know nothing about what happens on the planning of these mom's trips. I am not the mom of an NHLer, although I am getting dangerously close to their age. <laughs> but I imagine that there has to be some sort of polling of the moms, or like they have to have a say in where they go. You think? This isn't the first mom's or parent's trip that we've seen. I would like to imagine that maybe they're presented with a handful of options that the team picks out. And then there's some sort of polling. Doodle polls exist. I have to do them way too often at work. And I like to think that they would give the mom some sort of say. Right. Um, It's also worth noting that, like, the sends are not made up of, like, the majority of Canadian. I don't know the ratio, but, like, I think of the top players that come to mind. Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla. Yeah. Artem Zub, I don't know, but if you're a Sens fan, you know why. Josh, no- yeah. He comes to top. Josh Norris. <laughs> Josh Norris. There's Pinto. a lot of non-Canadians yep. on this team. You know, maybe going to Florida doesn't really matter as much to them, or, or going to Vegas, plus, like, I imagine as moms of NHLers, if they want to go to Vegas tomorrow. Probably swing it. They can probably swing it. And I don't know, listen, I don't know if you know this, but Montreal is a time. Oh, yeah. Montreal can be a good time. Yeah. It, that city has a weird effect on my husband and I um, <laughs> in that every time we go there, well, quite frankly, I don't remember it. Right. Um, I so, assume it was fun. Very, I, I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Philly, I I, I kind of have the same, I've never been to Philly, but I have the same like idea of Philly in my head in that like it is what you want it to be. It sounds, it seems like a cool city. It feels like if you have a good, if you go in expecting a good time, you're going to have a good time. The people there are. I bet it was cool in like October, though. If you that's yeah. where you're going to go, like probably suck. Yeah, I don't know. I, I the only northern climate I think I might have considered taking the moms to would be, yeah, Buffalo. That sounds fun. <laughs> um, New York at Christmas. Oh yeah. See that you could probably talk the moms into that, right? And again, uh, having kids who are reasonably well-paid, could probably drop by like Saks Fifth Avenue, you could probably see a couple of shows, go see the Christmas tree, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It just seemed cruel to me to to take mom to Montreal and Philadelphia in January. I, I, I didn't really understand that, that's all. I think it seems cruel to make anybody watch Ottawa Senators hockey right now. Um, although they did play A team well. only a mom could love. <laughs> yes. And even then, um, they did play well on the mom's trip. The moms had some sort of effect on on the Sens where like they actually played well. Yeah. And they even won a couple games. Right. And they um, played pretty well Thursday against Boston. I know the moms had gone home, but, uh, you know, the mom, uh, turning it around a little. Work. 
Maybe, maybe. I like Didn't want to be embarrassed in front of mom. Yeah, that, no, that's fair. If you have a hockey parent, you know that feeling. Oh, you yeah. don't want to let them down. Yeah, they could be worse than dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are they turning it around? Like, look, it's too late, but are you seeing anything that tells you they're turning it around? Yeah, they're entertaining. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> For the first time all season. Um, you know, it, it kind of started with that Winnipeg game. Was it last Saturday or two, or two Saturdays ago? Yeah. Um, you know, Winnipeg's coming in. They're the best team in the league or one of the best teams in the league. And I thought, oh, this is going to be good. And and they lost. Yeah. But they played well. They, I remember walking away from that game thinking, okay, like, I could, I could settle for a team that plays like this every day. And sure. I feel like since then, they've kind of given us that. They... Listen, it hasn't always been perfect. No. But they've at least been playing like a team, for lack of a better term, that gives a shit. Yes. And we were not seeing that for the the, the season up until that point. It was uh, funny. While they swore up and down how much they loved DJ and didn't want to get rid of DJ, they looked an awful lot like a team playing to get their coach fired. Like, mm-hmm. it was a well, bit of an odd... I think everyone loves the guy who gives them no rules. <laughs> and, and that I think that was the general consensus of, like, DJ's a great guy. And, and, you know, in his time in Toronto, I think he was deemed the the good cop yep. to Mike Babcock's bab co- bad cop. <laughs> Babcock. I like I that. Not, I did not think of <laughs> how hard that would be to say. Um, and when you only have good cop, what's your motivation to play well? You're getting away with everything. So Jacques Martin comes in and, and Daniel Albertson comes in, so yep. playing some some ground rules for these guys. And I I think they didn't know what to do with themselves because they hadn't been given any any rules any any discipline for the last couple of years and and i think what we saw was a bit of an adjustment period there because unlike you usually you see a coach get fired new coach comes in and, and there's a boost in, yeah. in how the team plays we didn't see that with ottawa no, but i wonder if it was for oh, jesus did they ever i wonder if that was just an adjustment period while they got used to actually having rules yeah well uh, that would be an adjustment oh we have responsibilities now mm-hmm. we have things to do I don't know. I, look, I, it's, it's. I don't know. The season's lost, but there's still things you need to get out of this year, right? You, there's work that has to be done, then, so that you don't lose another fall or autumn, or you know what I like. Yeah. So that it doesn't have to look like that at the beginning of next year for the new coach. In theory, Jacques Martin is a guy who can put in a system. Maybe it won't be the same system you're playing next year when the permanent coach gets here, but you will have at least learned how to do it, right? How to stick to something, even if it's not what's best for you personally in that particular moment or whatever. No, we do this when this happened. There's been none of that for a very long time. No, no. And it sucks because like, I know there's a lot of rumors and speculation about what's going to happen at the trade deadline. And it sounds like if your name's not Brady Kachuk or Tim Stutzla, like yeah. you're you're at risk. Yes. And as a sense fan, I hate that because I feel like there were so many players brought in you know i'm thinking of like uh jacob chikrin for example um so many players brought in under such high expectations and who the, the, who genuinely loves playing here yeah. which is not something ottawa is used to seeing and the idea of him leaving like as a fan it makes me really sad it appears um, to make him sad too it honestly like i it someone i i saw someone bring this up i think it was on twitter you know do we have to have a conversation about Ottawa's ability to bring in guys and then actually make them want to stay here. Like I know, I know the um, to bring cat situation was a little bit unique, but yeah. you know he's a star who came in immediately was made very clear he was not sticking around. Yes, and I, I know Chicker wants to be here, but. 
but is is there a conversation that needs to be had about this organization's ability to bring in stars and then help them flourish here, help them get the best help help get the best out of them yeah. that they can. Well, cuz the natural comparison would be Winnipeg, right? Who's going to struggle supposedly to bring people in, especially Americans and get them to want to stay. Now just last summer, they got uh, Hellebuck signed long-term and Shifley signed long-term when it didn't look like either one of those guys were going to want to stay. They've done it, done it with other guys in the past, Bufflin, and and you sort of, maybe it's hard to get an unrestricted free agent, but it, it seems when you trade for a guy or draft a guy, show them your organization, they seem to be able to convince them to want to stick around. And Ottawa, I guess, would be, you know, an easy comparison there because I'm not sure how attractive Ottawa, speaking of places you don't want to take your bomb in January, um, I don't know how attractive it would be to a UFA, but we've seen at once guys get here, Norris lock up long-term, Sanderson lock up long-term, uh, term, Kachuk sign up long-term, Stutzla stay long. So, you know, it it's probably going to be a thing where free agents, if they have their pick between Ottawa and other places, may look elsewhere. But it does seem like even with the dysfunction that has gone on here, once people get here, they do seem to be okay with staying. So I, I'm not sure whether there's a, a deeper conversation about, you know, the desirability. Now, if the losing continues, like I, I think one of the things right now, like Claude Giroux came home and we talked to Graham Nichols on the show about it and his point, and it, it was a pretty reasonable one, was that he chose Ottawa more than he chose the Senators, right? He wanted to yeah. come home. Um, but, you know, it, as long as this is a good young core that's supposed to be on the upswing, I think free agents will consider it. If they just keep losing and never get on that upswing, then yeah, you probably become more and more of an island. Guys start to want out and nobody's going to want to come here. Yeah, it's a good point that like once guys get here, in terms of the city and the market, they do seem to fall in love, yep. which I think is something that Ottawa fans appreciate because we're not used to, we're used to being the butt of the joke. Right. And and we're used to being the place that no one wants to go and and the place that has a hard time attracting free agents. In the last couple of years, like, you know, Giroux and Debrinkat again, I know he left, but they've made a number of like high profile signings and trades where they brought big guys in and sure. we were like, what the hell's going on? Well, Matt Murray signed long-term. I know people don't want it, but in terms of convincing guys to stay. And at the time, that yep. was huge. Sure. Right? Matt Murray was not far removed from two Stanley Cup wins at that point. Right. And so it didn't work out. And I'm not saying, hey, that was a great move, but I am saying he was a guy, again, who was willing to stay and who was yep. willing to commit. So yeah. and And it's nice to see, and I'm thinking of like Bobby Ryan as an example, like, he talks so highly of his time here. Oh, yeah. And and you know, he's a on a podcast a podcast about the Ottawa Senators yep. right now. And he's he's spoken very openly on Twitter and on the podcast about how much he loves the city of Ottawa, how much he loved playing here. And I think that's a testament to like the market as a whole and how fans treat the team. I think there are a lot of players who genuinely love playing here once they get here. Um it's it's more so I think the question was around like the organization's ability to get the best out of some of those stars that they brought in maybe who weren't like brought up in the system, who weren't right. drafted. And and I, I, I know a lot of people use Debrinkat as that example. And I, and I again, I don't know if there's anything there. Yeah. But I, I just think it's a little frustrating. We've seen all these players come in under pretty high profile circumstances. And now we're looking at the possibility of them being moved. Well, so last thing on the sense then, and who might be moved and who might not be. You mentioned that if your name's not Stutzla and your name's not Kachuk, it appears like you're out there. For me, when I look at this team, I would add Sanderson to that group. I yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't move him. Is there anyone else for you personally that, you know, beyond those three that you would say for you is untouchable? Chickory. Okay. I yeah. want him to stay, so that's just a very personal thing. I just love him. I yeah. think it's great to see. We don't get a lot of homegrown guys here that work out, right? right. We're not going to mention Cody season. 
But like, it's nice to see a guy. I'm not going to either. No. <laughs> who's from here, who grew up here, who wants to be here. We we don't get that a lot in Ottawa. And, like, I, I think he's looked pretty good. Again, like, as I good agree. as the team could look. Yes. Say this, this team as a whole is not like great. But I think there's no, other than the fact that, yeah, he's probably got higher trade value. Yeah. I would, his value to me is being on the team, not what we're going to get for him. Yeah, because with another year left on his contract, and I think it's only around $5 million, like, that would be attractive to other teams, right? You could get something there, but it's a question of a guy, you know, as we just talked about, if you think you're going to find it hard to attract other free agents or get people to want to stay, here's a perfectly good player who appears to want to do exactly that. So it's not just the fact that you're trading away a good player. It's that you're trading away one who's indicated he wants to be here. And maybe that's a struggle for you, but I don't know. For me, I'm not sure I go as far as untouchable for a guy like that. I, I And look, nobody is untouchable. If they offered you McDavid for Stutzley, you'd do it, right? But yes. it depends on the deal. But yeah, in terms of these are these are the guys that I absolutely wouldn't consider moving. I think it stops for me with just those those three that I uh, that I mentioned off. And Brady, you know, it just has become such, you know, he's the face of the franchise now. I know people love Stutzla as well and, and whatever. Uh, and he, look, he's on an upward trajectory struggled a little bit earlier this season but he seems to be rounding back into form but Brady has become like synonymous with the Senators he's not just the star player like you see him out singing Mr. Brightside all over town and like doing different charity things and I don't think even if you were willing to trade the player I don't think you could ever trade the personality no no and and it's tough again when you're Ottawa you don't want to see your captain moved again I think we've seen enough of that yeah, that's true. And we don't want to go through that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that, yeah, you want to, he's a player to build around. He's a player who you build a team around and you make the team's identity match Brady's. And I think one of the problem problems is that we haven't seen that with Ottawa yet. Their their identity does not match Brady Kachuk's. Right. They have played lifeless hockey at times this season. And that is not how I would describe Brady Kachuk's no. game. Um, I've, you know, look at Florida and the way they've kind of built themselves around Matthew Kachuk. Yep. They're, they're a really tough team to play against. There's a, a bunch of assholes out yes, there. they are. And that is Matthew, Matthew Kachuk's identity. So why can't the Sens build their identity around their captain? Right. Who has such a great, not just personality, but like a passion on the ice. I'd like to see them maybe lean more towards that. Um, it's passion on the ice. We have been seeing in the new PWHL Ottawa franchise. Uh, and across the league, really, there's some teams that have been up and down a little bit. Toronto looks like they're going to struggle, but like their fan base has fully embraced them. And they've just this week announced they're going to play a game against Montreal on Bay Street. Uh, I think they said they were calling it Battle on on Bay Street. Uh, but with how Toronto's looked and the way Montreal has looked, that might be more of a beat down on Bay Street. We'll, we'll see what that looks like when it comes around. But cool to see that they're going to take a big swing here, right? Try and do a, a big event and, and get out of the... Look, it was it was great to get into the gardens. It's a got cool history, all of that stuff. But it was clear on like day one of ticket sales, it wasn't going to be big enough. But with how late they started, that's what they ended up with. I would imagine by next season, you're looking at at least the old Rico Coliseum there. I guess now it's called Coca-Cola Coliseum. But, you know, we're a couple weeks into the PWHL season now. I know you've been down to most, if not all of Ottawa's home games. What, uh, I don't know, what's your first impressions of the league? Oh, it's amazing. Like the the talent in this league. This is one of the things you get with a six-team league. You've got incredible parity, minus Toronto. <laughs> You've got a lot of parity in this league. All of these teams are so, so good. And what you're seeing is like 
first of all, like there was someone who made a comment about shooting percentage being lower in the PWHL and whether or not the pucks should be smaller, which we're not even going to touch. But I think one of the reasons for that is there's only six goaltending jobs, starting jobs. Yeah. So there's more than six amazing goaltenders in this world. No, it's true. You've got six of the, you know. When you think back to the original six in the NHL, you're like, oh, every night it's either Bernie Perrant or Ken Dryden or. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's what's in the league. (laughs) There are stars everywhere. There's so much talent in this small number of teams. And I think you're really seeing that play out. And and for Ottawa specifically, yeah, I've been to all their home games. They finally got a, a win at home. Uh, uh, this week, which was awesome. Yeah. And on the next night, they they lost their first game in regulation, which hadn't happened yet, which I think is is fairly impressive. Um, and I said this going into the the Toronto game on Tuesday. You know, Ottawa had lost both games at home in overtime, both by a score of three two. In fact, their loss this week was also three two, which is very weird to me. Um, <laughs> and I said I, I think they're better than their record indicates, even though they hadn't lost in regulation. Like the record wasn't bad. No. But it felt like they were really struggling to get that win at home, and and you know their major win i think would come against toronto in a 5-1 you know that was their only like decisive game that we had seen so far yeah. but the way they're playing i think it is so much better than their record had indicated um they're a, they're a really really skilled team and there's a lot of depth there so much so that like we hadn't even seen Brian Jenner or Emily Clark score until Tuesday yeah and it wasn't really a problem because everyone else was scoring um, Let me ask you, because one of the things I commented on, I think it was after the Tuesday game, was that, you know, they, they'd lost two home games in overtime. The, the the Tuesday win this past week was, I believe, just by the one goal. It looks like early on, there or was at the 5-1 game. Am I mixing that? No, 5-1 was on the road. Yeah. So it looks like this team is having no real trouble getting off to a good start and getting scoring, but they really sort of to your point, haven't been able to pull away from anybody, mm-hmm. right? Like to put the the pedal down and like just finish somebody off, bury somebody. Like when you're playing a one-goal game every night, that's hard way to play hockey, right? And it, and it, it's a lot of pressure on your D. It's a lot of pressure on your goalie. I just, is there anything to, is that just coincidence? Is it too early to say anything about it? Like there just seems to be a bit of a lack of, I don't know, a killer instinct would be overstating it, but they haven't put anyone away very often, right? Well, I think it's tough in a, in a league, like I said, that's got so much talent yeah. and so few teams, right? I yeah. think I think that's what we're seeing is that parity that it's tough to put teams away because every team is just as good, if not better than you, yeah. <laughs> because they have some of the best players in the world as well. Um, I think that's more so the issue. I think Ottawa's biggest issue for me is like they tend to take the um, foot off the pedal a little bit mid-game. Mm-hmm. They'll get off to, we saw, I think it was in the Boston game. No, it was Minnesota. They had a 2 nothing lead. Yeah. And then they lost that game 3-2 in overtime. They've often gotten a lead and given it up. And, yeah, and home opener like, was the same way, right? Yeah. Up 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, and then lose in overtime. Like, you just couldn't get away from... Now, no. And Rene Debian makes that hard on a lot of people, but... Uh, yeah, well, then that's the thing. Like, they, I, I, I attributed a lot of that to goaltending. Um, again, you're, you have 12 of the best goalies in the world right. with the only goaltending jobs in this league. And then even with, I, I think it was the Toronto game, they, they had a lead, they gave it up. Again, they ended up winning that game, but... There's always a lull in their play, I find, mid-game, where the Toronto completely turned it on. Yeah. And I played Ottawa for I, I most, if not all, of the second. That's period. right, yeah. Um, Ottawa was able to get it back, but 
Uh, and, you know, even against uh, Minnesota, I, I said this on the show, like Ottawa defied the laws of physics by somehow not scoring in the, in the third period. What, like, uh, what show did you say that on? She's Got Game. Oh. The TSN radio network. Right. Okay. Um, and, you know, Ottawa, it was tied 2-2. And, and I swear to God, I've never seen a team come so close to scoring so many times in the third period yes. as Ottawa did. Like they, they have this little lull in the second period and then they're able to turn it back on in the third. But they've got to find a way to, as cliche as it sounds, play a full 60 minutes. <laughs> Um, but I, I, again, I think a lot of what we're seeing with Ottawa is just the parody of the league. I, I wouldn't be concerned at all about the scores. I think Ottawa has a ton of offensive talent. I think Amarance Bashmeyer is a really solid goalie. Um, and, and Jesus, she's kept them in it. Ottawa oh, yeah. peppered them the other night. She stopped 30 of 31 shots. Uh, sorry, Toronto peppered them the other night. Um, and I, overall, like I, I'm pretty pleased with this team. I, I, again, I think it's just. They've got to find a way to keep it going for the entire game. Who else do you like? I think early on, we were all impressed with Minnesota. Looked like they were the class of the league. They may yet turn out to be, but Montreal has gotten it going. I believe as we sit here right now, Saturday afternoon recording, we don't have all the final results from today yet, but I believe Montreal had taken over first place. Um, You know, are those two for you so far the class of the league or is there somebody else that maybe you think is flying under the radar a little bit? I said at the beginning of the season that Boston has the best team on right. paper and that they would win the championship. And that has not looked good. <laughs> um, but I I wouldn't sleep on them. Right. Again, I think what a lot of what we're seeing is just all of these teams are so stacked because there's only six of them. I wouldn't be... Hillary Knight, for example, I don't know if she's scored yet as of the recording of this podcast. Right. That's not going to last long. And I don't expect Boston to struggle for very long. I think, I, I, again, like I say struggle, but like the standings are so close because, again, there's only six teams. Um, so I would keep an eye on Boston. I think I think eventually they're going to find their groove and be one of the best teams in the league. Montreal's looked really good. It, it took Murray Philip Philippe two games to score, and now she leads the I league in goals. I booed her. Awesome. No, you didn't. I so booed her. Sacrilege. It was awesome. For shame. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I get it. I, I know Ottawa fans love it, and I love that they love it. I think this is one of the things we... It's a show of respect. Exactly. Like you're not doing exactly. slob on it. the other I team. totally get it. I don't criticize anybody, although I just criticize you. Yeah. I don't <laughs> criticize anybody for booing. I physically could not bring myself to do it. And I know a lot of people made the comparison of like, well, I'll cheer for Sidney Crosby in the Olympics yep. or oh yeah, yep. previously yeah. Or, or when he's playing for Team Canada, but I don't cheer for him in Pittsburgh. That's great. We didn't get to know Crosby only through Team Canada for <laughs> 10 years before he had a team to play for. I view Murray Philip Poulin as the true monarch of this country, <laughs> and therefore I will not boo her for fear of, I think that's the most disrespectful thing. It's the equivalent of the fuck Trudeau flag. Is that the <laughs> like? Come on, man! But Trudeau, by the way, PWHL Ottawa fan. Saw that? Yeah, he was right in front of us. He was like sitting right below us. It was it was pretty cool. He claps weird. He I I want to say he was doing that to bother his daughter. Okay, because you'll see her look at him and be like, "What the fuck, dad?" I think a lot of people were looking at him that way. It was it was a I hope it was just a weird dad thing because yeah, otherwise it looks like. Um, Kane or Kodos uh, <laughs> filling his body and, and this is how a human laughs. Yeah. No, you're right, though. He was there, uh, spoke to them, read out the starting lineup, I believe. Uh, and I have to say, so I was at the game and I talked to Carla McLeod and a few of the players afterwards who obviously were in the dressing room for that. Yeah. They were buzzing as a result. I think that was really, that was really cool for them. That meant a lot to them. Yeah. Awesome to see him there. And uh, I saw a tweet that was making its way around uh, afterwards, it said, "You know what? Like, love him or hate him, 
it's cool that we live in a country where, you know, our prime minister can just go sit with his kids and watch a hockey game and have a beer. Like, that's yeah. not a thing in a lot of countries. And I, I'm not going to lie. I did not see a ton of security. No. <laughs> I'm sure they were there. Yeah. They were just like in disguise because I've been at events where Trudeau's there and like, trust me, the security is, is second to none. Yep. But I remember being at a Red Blacks game where Stephen Harper was there. This was back when obviously Stephen Harper was prime minister. Yeah. And there were snipers on the roofs of the north side and the the condo. Like they had they had him covered from all angles. And like you didn't see that level of uh, You're sure those weren't people looking to hit Harper. <laughs> they didn't succeed. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but like, yeah, like it was it was cool just to see him like sitting in yeah, wearing a know, hockey jersey, dance. drinking a beer. And like no one, I was a little worried about the, res- I, I, mostly because I just don't want people to boo in this arena. Like I don't want people to, like, I don't want any negative emotions in this arena. There was a bit of a mixed reception, sure. when is, but I think that's normal. But the other thing I guess we could say is Trudeau's biggest critics are not going to women's hockey games. That's the thing. Yeah. They're going to UFC games. That- <laughs> yeah, they sure are. That was not the a shining. Matches? Yeah. Fight. That was fight. Yeah. That and they, they're yeah. called. Yeah. I watch a lot of UFC. Yeah. Yeah. I know you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is back to back big Saturdays for Shrides. UFC last week, Royal Rumble tonight. Yes. I am very excited. Yes. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't have done the booing Poulain thing. Like if it was just me, but like to jump into a crowd of yeah, people doing it. Was, yeah. I'll, I'm a follower. That's fine. But yeah. That, oh. And it was fun. Right. Uh, they booed her a bit during her introduction, but it wasn't like overpowering. It was kind of, we all sort of know this is tongue in cheek. But when she gets a penalty shot in the third period, oh, we meant it. <laughs> like, that, we have that was seen cool. you win games this way. We know you are clutch. I don't want to see this against my team in our home opener right now. That's Get in here. here. <laughs> and it, it was a really cool moment, I think, for Ottawa to kind of come together as a fan base. I was hoping to see her comment on it. Maybe she did. Did you see her? Like what? She wasn't in the post-game interviews. Okay. Um, uh, they had uh, Anne-Sophie Bate, who had the overtime yeah. there, and uh, Anne-Renee Debier, whose names are too familiar, uh, too too similar for me. Um, but they commented on it, and they said that, like, she loved it. Yeah. And, and it's a comment. And you would. And it is. It is. Like, I'm sure it's not the first time, nor is it the last time it will happen to her, and that's because she's exceptionally good at what she does. That's right. Um, Connor McDavid does not get cheered in Calgary. No, <laughs> exactly. And he probably loves it. Like, of course. I think this is kind of what we've been waiting for is is to have a, a, an a environment to watch. Shot. Yeah, and a place to watch Murray Phillip play hockey. Yes. Which we get to do more than just once a year or once every four years. How What an amazing thing this is. And it honestly, I think I knew it would be successful. I'm not sure I knew right out of the shoot it would be this successful. Like when I said my initial thoughts were that it would be successful, it was because I believed in the the finances that were backing it, the people running it, like they were clearly setting this up properly to succeed. I wasn't sure that we would be seeing consistently over 6,000 people at Ottawa games or Toronto sell out their season on day whatever, two or day, what, like, I'm not sure I saw this coming. And look, I, I think it's reasonable to say there might be a little bit of novelty to it. Like if in any other sport, if one team is bad for several years, it's hard to sell tickets, but that's on a sports fan not wanting to go watch losses basis, not a I'm not watching women's hot. Like we can throw that out now, right? Like it, we have seen crowds are going to come. This is on TV. Like I'm excited when PWHL Ottawa plays on a night that Toronto Maple Leafs don't. Like there's hockey on for me every night now kind of thing. Like it's just part of your sports routine. I'm not sure that I saw in year one 
it being this successful right away. I wish I could say I was surprised, but and maybe I'm a little naive and maybe I'm a little like overly positive, but I follow women's sports fairly closely. Yeah. And I said on She's Got Game, like 2020, I, I think this happened earlier than 2023, but I deemed in my infinite wisdom, 2023, the year that the argument that no one watches women's sports dies. Right. That it is dead. That horse is dead. And doesn't and, appear to be the year that that tweet dies, that no one watches women's sports. People still tweet that a lot because with we no basis, no facts. Our, oh, yeah. We still have people in our comments saying this all the time. Yeah. It's completely baseless. Yes. The numbers speak for themselves. Yes. Viewership, attendance, everything skyrocketing. And so I, I've watched And not just this. women's hockey, like across women's sports. Exactly. Yes. And I've watched this happen across women's sports, whether it be hockey, soccer, basketball, volleyball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I wasn't surprised at all to see this, to be completely honest with okay. you. Um, I'm, I, you know, novelty maybe to a certain extent. Also, I see, like, I look at this crowd and it's it's a mixture of parents bringing their kids uh, young people in their 20s and 30s out for a night out. Yep. Dudes out for a night out. Yes. Together. Like, dudes just be... The number dude. of people I saw on Twitter at the home opener that are just people I follow on hockey Twitter that are posting pictures of being there, like, in one guy, like, oh, if I'd have known you were there, like, I would have come over and said, like, like you said, just hockey fans. I it's not know. just mothers and daughters. It's no. hockey fans. I don't know if you know this, but Ottawa's kind of starved for a place to watch hockey that's central. And a place like I don't have to drive to Kingston, basically, where you don't have to spend two hundred dollars minimum on a night out. Right. right? It's a reasonably priced night out centrally located in the city. And there's only 12 home games in a year. So, yeah, it's really easy to commit to that. And it's really easy to to justify going out. And once you're there, I actually I met up with my cousin. Um, I shared a Instagram story of the game. I th- I want to say it was um, the Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. And my cousin messaged me and says, hey, I'm, I'm here. And I was like, oh, cool. So I went and I, I chatted with her. Right. And she said, yeah, we just got tickets kind of last minute. Like we didn't really think we were going to go. And then someone invited us. So we went and then they got tickets to the next game while they were sitting in those seats. Nice. They were having so much fun. Yeah. Like it's a fun environment to be in. It's great hockey. And if you're a hockey fan, it's a cheap night out to watch hockey. And I... I wasn't surprised at all okay. to see this because I, th- I really do think people have been so starved for women's hockey for so long. And in addition to the people who follow women's hockey closely and have been waiting for a place to watch Murray Fulan, Hillary Knight, and, and you know Sarah Nurse, et cetera, et cetera, play hockey, yeah. there's also just people who love hockey yeah. and who have been waiting for a cheap night out to watch good hockey. And that's what this is. And I think it's, it's so, so great. And I, I was really pleased this week um, I didn't see a lot of it, but I did see a couple tweets about the fact that the PWHL Ottawa was playing on the same night that the Sens were. And they're like, oh, well, this could have been avoided. And, oh, this isn't ideal. Yeah, they still had, I believe, 6,000 yep. people in the stands. <laughs> I, was I was one of those people. I didn't tweet it, but it did cross my mind. Like, Now, to be fair, I also thought the Sens were in town, not on the road. And I said, this could spread your crowds a little. Because Ottawa, look, it's not a big city it's a big enough city but like you know we'll we'll see and it was not an issue at all like I said over six thousand people again um and the sends were on the road i would have i don't think you can be married to it but i would have liked to have seen a an uh an effort to stay off nhl I nights in was. your same market but some nights it's gonna be unavoidable some right? nights so, it's unavoidable and, and i i have no doubt in my mind that there was an effort i i, I haven't actually asked anybody or heard specifically but Jana Heffern's no dummy. No. And the people running this league are no dummies. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's just unavoidable because it, it's not like, and I, I hate this idea that the PWHL Ottawa has to be like, 
working around the Sen schedule. No, I, no. But they were building their schedule probably after the NHL schedule oh, yeah. had already been yeah. released and, and the season had already begun, most likely. Right. And there's also five other teams in the league that you're going around. Yep. So it's completely unavoidable. Every single PWHL city has an NHL team. So it's unavoidable <laughs> no. to to have this happen every now and then. And I don't think it's an issue. Again, like the Sens were on the road. Yep. So I think even like the people who brought it up, like implying that people would think is enough of a draw to sit home and watch the Ottawa Senators in the year of our Lord. And not just the Ottawa Senators, the Ottawa Senators versus the 2024 Montreal Canadiens. If these are two, that's enough of a draw to get people to not watch the. I can tell you which one I watched, right? And I do watch, as you know, I watch the Sens a lot. I know we're going to talk about them on the show. So unless they're head to head with the Leafs. I probably watched most of the Sens games, right? But that night I went, yeah, Sens, Habs, these Sens and these Habs, or the new PW. Yeah, I'm watching, I'm not watching the Ottawa game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're watching the Battle of Ontario. Right, exactly. And I'm on the weird side of it. I've This is is still... How do you feel being on on this side of the Battle of Ontario? It's it's odd. I'm not comfortable yet. I'm not sure that I'm welcome. Like I get kind of a crooked eye a little bit sometimes from people that know what I'm normally tweeting about at... And I did have a couple of people ask me, um, you know, because I had tweeted quite a bit that I was looking forward to going down to the home opener. And so some of the people who follow the show on Sen's Twitter were asking me, like, where are your loyalties here? And I'll say, like, I justified this the same way I justified my fandom of the Red Blacks, right? Like, I didn't have to abandon a hardcore, like, I'm never going to be a Sen's fan. It's just not going to happen. The Leafs thing is too ingrained into me right now. I had to wear my finest suits in the suit to your home here today. I'm dressed in my uh my black alternate Leafs Nylander jersey. It's a Nylander jersey so you get to keep it on. Okay. That's the only rule. It's a pass, right? Okay. Um had to wear my my finest stuff to come to Shafe rides. Uh so I'm not abandoning that. But when the Red Blacks started, it was a new team. There was no fear of being judged to be a front runner, right? Like oh, you're cheering for a better team and you I was sort of an Ar- I was an Argos fan. It wasn't just so- but it wasn't a hardcore thing. They hadn't been good for a while. It was I was like I've just moved here to Ottawa at that time. This is kind of a cool way to embrace my new adopted hometown kind of thing. And I've been a Red Blacks fan ever since. I don't hate the Argos now when they play them. I cheer for the Red Blacks, but if they're if the Red Blacks are out, I'll probably still cheer for the Argos or whatever. But this Again, there was nothing I had to abandon, right? There was no loyalties I had to shed and cross any, like, any boundaries or anything like that. This was new. It's it's here in my hometown. And even when I look at the roster, obviously Toronto has a lot of really good players. But, like, I've always, like, I really like Emily Clark, right? I wanted, when I knew Anne-Renee Debian was going to go to Montreal, Mashmeyer was the goalie I wanted on whatever team I was going to cheer for, right? I've... I think the story of somebody like Akani Shiga is really fun, and I'm glad she's on Ottawa. So, like, this wasn't hard for me when they said they were going to drop a a franchise here as part of the original six. I was, I'm all in right away. So, yeah, I, I still feel a little uncomfortable. Like, maybe I'm sitting amongst enemies at some points. Like, we're all going to go home, and tomorrow night our other teams will be playing each other, and I'll be on the other side again. But it's been fun, and... Yeah, it's nice that it's it's right there downtown. I can go to a bunch more games because it is a bummer as a Leaf fan. Like, you don't get to go to many games, right? Mm-hmm. You go to maybe one when they're up here. And so you're a long way from your team as well. And yeah, I don't know. This this was an easy choice for me to just get on board with, with auto. But it does now. I got like, I love the Leafs and the Jays, but 
also now the Red Blacks and PWHL Ottawa. Like my fandom is kind of all over the place here. We're, we're slowly sucking <laughs> you in as a city. I have to say, and it is not the same, um, but I have somewhat of a comparable situation in that I don't follow men's soccer all that closely. Right. Men's soccer. We'll see if it catches on. Um, <laughs> but I follow women's soccer really closely. And in the WSL, the WSL is the Women's Super League, which is essentially every pre- all, most Premier League teams or clubs have a men's team and a women's team. Right. And the women's team plays in the WSL. The men's team plays in the Premier League. Okay. A years ago, I decided I wanted to get into men's soccer again. We'll see if it catches on. Um, it still hasn't really got there for me. But just heard it was a thing. Had no idea. It was kind of, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and I decided I was a Liverpool fan. I don't know why. I just chose Liverpool. Sure. In in the WSL, I'm a Chelsea fan. Okay. Because, well, up until she got injured recently, Sam Kerr plays there. Jesse Fleming, who's apparently being transferred to Portland, plays there. Ashley Lawrence, Kadisha Buchanan. Let's like, about you and Pacific Northwest. Are we out there again? I going to those teams. <laughs> Um, but I, I cheer for Chelsea in the WSL, which I follow very closely, but I can't cheer for their men's team right. because I, I was a li- I, I kind of gave my loyalty sure. to a certain extent to Liverpool and Chelsea also the men's team sucks. <laughs> so it's a little easier being a Liverpool fan, right. but I, and it's different because those are technically the same clubs. Like they're yeah. owned by the same people. It's not like the PWHL and the NHL, right. but it's somewhat comparable in that, like on the men's side, I cheer for one city and on the women's side, I cheer for another and they yeah. don't get along. No. So it's not ideal. No. Well, this has been fun so far. And, and most most Ottawa hockey fans have welcomed me in, maybe because of what you're saying. They think they're going to slowly lure me. Yes, we're very friendly at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're like cult leaders. Yeah. <laughs> the Wait fir- till the end. The first one's free. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Well, I know of us. I have to say, though, yeah. um, I, I completely changed my stance on this. And I have to fall on my sword and admit that I was wrong. These jerseys are growing on me. Oh, yeah? Oh, I love it. Like, there's something to be said for minimalism yeah. in sports. We don't get a lot of it. Jerseys are very busy these days. And especially, like, you, you look at, like, the NBA in particular, but even the NHL, there's, like, three different jerseys minimum for each team. That's true. And in fact, then, this one I can flip inside out, and it's a different one again. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, there's a lot, you know, they're adding ads, and I don't have an issue with ads, but, like, there's just a lot going on with jerseys yeah. these days. And there's something nice about a really strong color scheme and really simple jerseys. And I hated the jerseys when they first... When they yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what it is for me. I don't hate, like, if that's what Ottawa had chosen as their jersey, I'd be like, well, it's a little plain, but it might grow on me. It's the fact that everyone is the same. That's the part that, like, like if one team had chosen that, you'd be like, that's fine. It's just kind of the, the uniform look. that I think that's beyond their control. It is. Point. Oh, and it clearly was. I'm just saying, you know, like you said, that it was growing on you. At, yeah. We and for what it's worth, and I feel like it it needs to be said because people always ask me about it. But Jana Hefford said this an, a number of times, including on our show. Um, she's got game TSN yeah, right now. That's right. Um, it, it was not like they've obviously started the process to get these name to get team names yep. to get logos to get jerseys, et cetera, et cetera. But that has to be done right, not fast. Yeah. And the priority was getting these players on the ice right. because we were becoming we were coming dangerously close to losing Marie-Philippe Poulin, for example, in her prime. Oh, yeah. If we had waited another year or two, yep. all of a sudden, that window may have shut. Now, I think she's going to be in her prime till 50, for all I know. Sure. Um, but the priority was on, getting... I was frustrated at first, and then when they came out and said, look, we had to make a choice. Get them on the ice now or wait for everything to be done. You go, all right. Like, it's still a bit of a bummer, but it's a totally reasonable one with that explanation of, like, 
yeah, we thought it was more important to get the league started and get these people playing and get them paid. And look how often, like, NHL teams, for example, change their jerseys. Yeah. Like, maybe, I don't know why fans... come up once since the league started? Like, it was the only thing... Other than the first game. The first game, it was a lot of questions, and since then, I haven't heard... Yeah, because, like, this was a thing in the fall when they first got unveiled, and the merch thing was a bit of a bummer, too. Like, that, some of that was kind of weak, but it'll come when the names come and the brand comes and the logo comes. Like, it'll be there, but, like, that was a thing for a little while when the games hadn't started yet, when there was nothing else to talk about. It was the only story around the league was, hey, look, they unveiled these jerseys. They're kind of plain and they're all the same. Well, now the games are going on. Whatever. Like, I'm just watching the games now. And- yeah. But the, I, they look good, man. Like, I watched, like, Ottawa's jerseys are solid. New York has the best color scheme in the league, in my opinion. And I'll, I'll say it till, like, there's something about that turquoise right. in sports, whether it's the... the old sharks. Well, the, the the Liberty, the New York Liberty, they okay, have the same yeah. color scheme. The the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. Like, I love that. Turquoise. I guess the Sharks more of a teal, eh? The Sharks more of a teal, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. About that, like, sharp turquoise yeah. in sports that just calls to me, and I think it looks so good. Do you think those first six names that it got released that were copyrighted, the Alert, the, they were all singular, right? It was the Superior, it was the Wicked, it was... Boston Wicked! Yeah, exactly. Um, do you think those were and maybe still are the names or do you think that was sort of floated they caught wind like like a test balloon some companies do that right put it out people didn't love it you know these are these were not necessarily the names they were just ones we wanted to collect like do you think initially those were going to be the names and do you think they still are can i get i don't know yeah but i hope so i really liked them i loved all of them and i know i think some people had an issue with the toronto torch was it the torch Yeah. yeah Um, and I don't know why there may have been some history there that I don't fully understand, right. but, and I don't know about, so I can't give an opinion there, but I loved the Ottawa alert, a harken back to the alerts, which was an original, uh, I think I like it better with the yes. Uh, nope. Nope. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel very strongly about this. Okay. I it was though. The original was the collective nouns. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that they're all collective nouns. There's something about it. You see it a lot in North American soccer, like in the NWSL. Um. Oh, the Seattle Rain, yep. the uh, uh, Gotham, uh, Gotham FC, um, the, the Houston Dash, like uh, Minnesota Wild. Yeah, the Avalanche, There's Lightning. Something like... about that that I. Okay. And I was. I. I really hope they they stay with it. All right. Um. Last thing on the PWHL. Then, how long do you think it is before we start talking about, or maybe not talking about? People are already talking about, but. Before we see expansion, because the name that keeps coming up first is Pittsburgh. They seem to be raring to go. They want in. Um, I don't think it's a stretch to think that Buffalo could do it. Um, Chicago, if you're trying to, like, I think eventually you probably want to get back to Calgary. I'm not sure how fast you want to incorporate the expense of the far western travel back in. But, like, Chicago's not far. Buffalo's not far. Pittsburgh's not far, like, to where these teams are kind of clumped. Is there any chance it happens next year? And if not, like how far off realistically do you think it is? I don't honestly don't know. Like I don't have a good sense of that. I haven't asked. Jaina and I are not on a first name basis. I call her Jaina. She doesn't know who I am. Um, <laughs> but I've talked to her a couple times since the the uh, season started. And we really haven't talked about it because I think we're all pretty wrapped up in like the, the hockey deadline right now. Yes. Um, there's a lot of demand for it. I think what we've seen in these cities like Toronto in particular is that I think a lot of these uh, we've underestimated how excited how the the, the market yep. and we've underestimated the interest. Yep. So there's a chance that maybe we're underestimating how quickly we should do expansion. 
Um, I think the cities you listed, that all makes sense. I'd even go as far, like there was a sign, and I know it's anecdotal and there's one sign at an Ottawa game, but there was a sign at the Ottawa game the other night that said Western Expansion, please, because like yeah. people love, what and like Minnesota is not close. Well, it is. Like it's literally the Midwest. And if you put a, a team in Chicago, same thing. Um, in the CWHL, the Calgary Inferno were there. And like, it, it, well, Minnesota's like well. due west or due south of, of Winnipeg, right? Yeah. So, well, Calgary's yeah. a lot further again. Right? It, it's, it's further, but I, I, I mean, Air Canada is one of their premium sponsors. Yeah. I'm sure they can spring to cover those flights. It's not that much more expensive. Yeah, as long as you don't want to bring any luggage. And, yeah, don't. <laughs> you, I really hope that they're not losing their luggage uh, <laughs> on these flights. But yeah. I, I just think that. We shouldn't limit ourselves geographically at this point because these the PWHL has made it very clear they they're treating these athletes like professional athletes as they should, and so they'll fly them where they need to fly them. And so you don't necessarily think geography was a part of the six that they named here to start. Well, I think it was to start, but I don't think it should limit us okay. in expansion. Yeah. And like I don't know if you've ever looked at flight prices from Ottawa to New York versus Ottawa to Calgary. There's not a whole lot of difference there. <laughs> That's flying any anywhere in Canada is expensive. Yes. Um so, you know, is Calgary really that out of the realm of possibility? Again, they did it with the CWHL. Yep. Um, I think it's totally doable. I think that's where I'd start for Western expansion because right. the Calgary Inferno were so wildly successful. Yes. Um all it is I I don't know how close we are, but I don't think we're far off. Okay. Uh, let me open it up to you before we wrap things up. Uh, what else has been on your mind other than the rumble this week? Um, obviously the NFL playoffs going on. I know your eye is always on women's sports. Like what's your attention been on, uh, this week? More ACL injuries, unfortunately in women's soccer, which really sucks. Uh, Sam Kerr went down, you know, best player in the friggin' world right now. Uh, went down with an ACL. Yeah. Yeah. Aussie captain, uh, plays for Chelsea, my team. Right. Um, went down with an ACL injury right after her, uh, fiance, uh, Chrissy Mewis moved to England, transferred to West Ham to, to play in England and be closer to Sam. She went down with an ACL injury. So I was really bummed about that. Yeah. Uh, lots going on in the soccer world. Portland signed, uh, Christine Sinclair for another year, Becky Sauerbrunn for another year. It looks like it's not confirmed yet, but it's rumored that they're getting Jesse Fleming from Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a lot of soccer stuff on the show this week. Uh, so you'll be headed back out to see Christine Sinclair this summer. Like, okay. We know she's dug Here's internationally, but we don't necessarily know for, is like, did she say for sure this will be the last she's- Club year? She signed a one-year contract. Okay. So that's all we know at this point. Yeah. She plays in New York on August oh. 4th is all I'm saying. Okay. Um, And I may or may not have already conned my husband into going to a New York Liberty game <laughs> in May. Um, Just saying. Yeah. And uh, yeah. This is how you're so familiar with prices from flight on flights from Ottawa. <laughs> yes, I have recently yeah. looked, you may say. Um, <laughs> And I've got a few. Maybe I'll do a solo trip back to New York to see uh, Christine Zingler. I don't know that I can do Portland again. One thing I've learned uh, that shouldn't have taken me two trips out west to learn is that a long weekend at the other end of the continent is not super easy. <laughs> maybe stick to this side right. and this time zone and an hour flight right. versus a 12-hour travel day. Portland is very far. Here, you might as well have gone to England or... Uh, honestly, yeah. for the price I paid and the distance we traveled, yeah, basically. Go visit Sam Kerr on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that's that. There, again, lots going on in the soccer world right now. There's also the NWSL uh, free agency. We've seen some movement there. WNBA free agency. Right. Um, so there's a lot of movement in the off seasons. And again, every week, it seems like we're talking about Caitlin Clark doing something spectacular. 
Uh, so she's she's looking at very likely breaking the all-time NCAA women's college basketball, potentially college basketball overall, uh, scoring record. Right. That could happen this year. Uh, let's get your picks on uh, Sunday's games. We got, uh, what, 49ers and, and Lions? It's hard not to cheer for the Lions right now. Yeah. It's hard not to root for them. I mean, I'll do whatever Eminem says. So I'm going to go with Detroit. Will you call him Slim Shady? <laughs> I'll call him whatever he wants me to call him. Yeah, stand up. <laughs> uh, and the other one is uh, Ravens and Chiefs. Oh, Ravens all the way. Yeah. I am so done with the Chiefs. It's not because of Taylor Swift. It's because I can't stand Patrick Mahomes. And I am so done with the Chiefs. I want them to be gone. Ravens. Okay. I'm taking uh, the Chiefs in that one. A, because I just think until somebody beats them, I, they seem to always find a way. But yeah. also because it's going to make Tucker Carlson crazy. Apparently he uh, went on some tirade. Uh, while visiting our lovely country that he said he was coming to liberate or whatever the hell is. Yeah. Um, that uh, he doesn't want to see the Taylor Swift thing. The people that have jumped on the NFL because of Taylor Swift, he doesn't want to see that validated. So he's rooting against them. Go Chiefs. Yeah. I'm, Go rooting, I'm rooting against whatever Tucker Carlson is rooting for. So also, what sh- like, I'm sorry. I, I don't think it needs to be said on this podcast, but I will say it. Please stop blaming women for the failure of a sports team when she is literally just in the stands. Honestly. Like, we saw Eminem how many times in the Detroit game? Yeah. And I will be very honest, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but I think this idea, that this trend of, like, blaming her for any Chiefs struggles is ridiculous. No one said, is is Travis Kelsey interfering with her Eras tour? <laughs> Which, by the way, is a tad more successful than the NFL. And can we please stop vilifying a woman who is quite simply just there to watch football and yeah. support her boyfriend. Look, right. There's nothing wrong with that. How anyway, dare she? How dare she? Yeah. Just, uh, this might blow your mind. I'm not sure Tucker Carlson was being totally correct with his take. At this point. No, I'm, and I'm really shocked. That's where we'll wrap this one up. Shrides, I appreciate you doing the show. I more so, I appreciate you having me here in your, your awesome bar. This is, uh, this is awesome. And I know you're looking forward to what's coming next. So, uh, for sure. For- Very excited. I may not see Shrides for the rest of the night. Nope, I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> uh, that's where we'll wrap this one up. Thanks for doing it, Shrides. Peace out. For Michaela Schreider, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, don't forget, later on this week on the podcast, Cheryl Pounder's back. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, haven't spoken to her in, man, it's probably been almost a year since we had her on. So, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, if you missed it last week, we had a great week as well. Scott MacArthur was back on the podcast talking about the NFL and the Blue Jays. Kenzie Lalonde was on the podcast uh, talking all things about her career in the PWHL and uh, in international women's hockey. Uh, Kevin Mickey was here. Lever Sage, of course, is checking in from Europe. It's been a jam-packed week on the podcast. We're going to keep it coming for you, so make sure you're subscribed. For Michaela Schreider, my name is Matt Robinson. We'll see you next time. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this still cock was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.